Um, George, would you please? There we go. There we go. George. Okay. Okay. Sorry for the uh, for the slight uh, slight delay. George Torsis, um, a professor of philosophy and Japanese culture, filmmaker, musical comp- uh, composer, and animator um, from New York City, and the host of the self-named YouTube channel, George Torsis. So, George, please tell us about yourself. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, listen, I grew up in Los Angeles. I uh, moved to New York. It was kind of always a dream. I don't know why, maybe too much TV. But uh, I, it was uh, New York had a sort of fascination with me, even though I lived in Los Angeles. And uh, for university, since 2001, I've been in New York City. So I guess that's 22 years what, what, or 21. Yeah. <laughs> what drew you to New York City? I, I don't know. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I can never, I'm, I'm very bad at articulating these sorts of attractions that I have. But I, there, was a, there was a fascination. I, I'll tell you one anecdote. I remember when I was telling my friends, oh, well, yeah, George, uh, you know, you're going to go to New York City. Well, that's great because New York City is filled with a bunch of assholes and you're a small little, uh, small little asshole. So you'll fit right in or, or something like that. And I don't know that, that was exactly what drew me here. But there was something about the grittiness. And the okay. okay. That kind of uh, said, oh, wow, I, I want to that that Los Angeles. Listen, Los Angeles is beautiful. A lot of people don't like Los Angeles, by the way. Uh, that was my experience once I left Los Angeles. Um, that, oh, Los Angeles is not a real city. And upon reflection, of course, it's not really a real city. But, you know, it's... Um, what was it like growing up in Los Angeles? Yeah, I, I, I mean, listen, I liked growing up in Los Angeles because uh, for me, it was an hour to get anywhere, an hour to get to the ocean and uh, hang out at the beach, wow. an hour to go to the mountains and go snowboarding an hour to go to the desert and do what you do in the desert and things like that, you know, uh, 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 biking. A few hours away was Vegas. Now I had to wait a few years before I could go to Las Vegas because of uh, age requirements, age limitations. Um, yeah, it, it was great. And th- the thing about Los Angeles is though, is, is that it's so sprawling. It's so sprawling, it's so wide. Um, and it's not a very confined place. So when I came to New York, it was fascinating to me that uh, I think on my, within the first couple of days, I walked almost the whole uh, island from top to bottom of Manhattan. Well, not exactly the whole island, maybe about half of it. But um, yeah, from, from very high. I've never, I've never been. So, so, so you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to actually coming to visit. But go on, carry on. Don't let me just, don't let me. Um, it's, it's great because I, for me, it was, uh, I, I hadn't been around big buildings before. I, I mean, I did grow up in the suburbs of Los Angeles, so it was slightly different. Um, but, um, um, being around big buildings and life and you see the culture right next to you you see so mm-hmm. many cultures and it's a very pedestrian very pedestrian which is not la that's why so many people don't like la now you told me you were in london right or, or you reside in london yes. at least right yes, yes. You see, london's my hometown right right uh london is a proper city you could walk around mm-hmm. it. there's people walking on the streets in los angeles you never see people walking on the streets wow. it's always in so- cars so without, without a car in Los Angeles, you're screwed, basically. Exactly. Um, and uh, I, didn't, I, didn't, I don't miss driving. Of course, I, did, I do drive, uh, but I don't miss driving. And uh, just being around the culture and being amongst culture and being uh, walking beside culture and saying, oh, okay. wow, that's a museum right there. Uh, and, and just keep on walking instead of driving by. Uh, there's a different feel okay. that I have in a walking 
like an immersion in the people, like the zeitgeist of the city or the, the you know, the spirit of, you know, the soul of different neighborhoods. Exactly. They don't get cars. Yeah, no, completely. So, but, so, so, um, one of the things that interested me was your, your interest or your, um, interest in Japanese culture. Right, right. Um, so, yeah. Okay, so, so okay, how did this come about? What did you do? How did you explore it? And, um, what is it that drew you to Japanese culture? Uh, yeah, that's a great question. And I wish I had a better answer for it. I, I know like uh, the good textbook answer that everybody should give. Oh, it's because Japan, Japanese culture is so beautiful. And I fell in love with the culture and blah, 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 blah. And kind of all of that is true. But I told this story one time to a colleague because uh, a, a colleague said the exact, asked the exact same question. And, I, and my response was, I, I don't know. It's kind of like um, falling in love with a, a lover. And is there any uh, uh, purpose to it? Is there any, it, it just kind of happens. Uh, at least that was my experience. Uh, it, it, yes, it, I happen to fall in love with this lover, but okay. it could have just as easily been some other lover. It could have been okay. just as easily been Russian culture or French culture or Greek culture or something. But for some reason, I met Japanese culture and it fell in my lap uh, in, in some weird way. And I stuck with her. You know, in the same way with the lover. Um, how, did you meet your lover? How, how did you meet this lover? I mean, um, was it in LA or was it, um, or, or did this happen when you were in New York? Because for me, for me, okay, I've got a very rudimentary, rudimentary love of Japanese culture. Actually, I'm going to tell you straight. It happened through anime. Started watching Dragon Ball Z when I was about 11 years old. Right. Um, from there, just started going from anime to anime to anime. And these, these anime, I mean, People back then were taking the, just taking the mick out of me because, uh, you know, they're like, what you but there's such deep, deep, um, life-changing um, lessons to learn from these, um, especially when you go into um, the history um, of yeah. what the stories that these, these animes are put together from. Like, I think one of them, one of the most famous ones is Journey to the West. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Uh, that, so, in fact, that one's Chinese. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's oh, just that, that fascination sorry, that we have. Right, yeah. but, but I'm sure it was adapted into some anime. I mean, the original story uh, from about 400 years ago is, is Chinese, but I'm sure they've got an anime about it. I'm sure the Japanese animators have done it. So no, yeah, I, very similar I, to you. Oh, go ahead. Okay. No, no. So, um, so I mean, it's, uh, for me, like, um, like um, it was very interesting reading about all these ancient archetypes, these hero archetypes used um and uh, well whether it be in kabuki theater or whether it be in um have you ever been to japan have you been there have you um yeah as a matter of fact uh so what i very much like you i was i guess as a child enamored with the japanese uh, pop culture like like uh, the animation and stuff like that and the, and the comic books however i wasn't as smart as you i just liked uh you know you're, you're talking about how deep everything was when i was a kid i was yeah. rather stupid and I just liked the flashing lights. I liked the big explosions. I liked the naked girls. I liked the action and the shooting and the giant robots and things like that. All the bits came later. Uh, when, when I was younger, it was the explosions, the fighting, all that exactly. stuff. Yeah, was deep, deep from the beginning. No, right. but carry on. So, but, so it, very much, and I'm going to go in a different direction for a quick second, but it, mm -hmm. I'll bring it back. Um, cool. Very much how I was attracted to music. 
Um, and I picked up guitar and I picked up guitar is about the same time as many people that uh, I was with in secondary school, in uh, high school. And uh, we were all playing the same stuff and I liked all the same stuff, but I've always been attracted to, to the something different. I'm like, wait, if everybody else is playing punk music, for example, uh, which is fun and easy. And of course it's exciting and, and things like this. I want to figure out something else and see if I can get into other kinds of things. So of course I got into very odd music and I learned about guitar and how to play guitar in very odd ways that weren't always friendly. Okay. Now let's bring this back to the Japanese culture, right? Odd ways first, wait, wait, bring it back, bring it back. What do you mean by odd ways? And, and so with Japanese culture, of course I was enamored with all the same things that all of us children were enamored with. However, then I, you know, at some point I said, I want to know more. I want to get deeper because Listen, I, yes, I like the explosions. I like giant robots, but I want to get into the more obscure things. And, I, and the Gun. obscure and, um, and not, not even Gundam. I mean, like, go way deep and, and you know, into oh, back alleys, it, into the back alleys <laughs> of Tokyo to find these weird comics that you have to know a secret okay. password on the door to knock on. Um, and then, now I'm exaggerating a little bit, but something along those lines. And so uh, that's why I really got a lot more into Japanese culture because I wanted to learn more than just my friends who were all into the giant robots and explosions and, uh, you know, uh, girls with big breasts being drawn and everything bouncing around everywhere. I'm like, wait, I ended up uh, living in Japan. Uh, I, I, unfortunately, I stayed for less than a year, but uh, uh, it was a, a, a quite a eventful experience for me. I, I, you know, I was like, wait, I've always wanted to live in a foreign place. My, my father's an immigrant to America from Greece. I, I always enamored, or I was always fascinated with the experience, I guess you could say, or, and now you'll forgive me. You'll forgive me. I, I'm an ugly American. I only speak one language. I, I don't really, uh, yeah, I, I don't go very far beyond uh, my borders, unfortunately, for better or for worse. I don't know much about other cultures, but I've always wanted to. to. And so uh, I said, listen, I, for whatever reason, it was either Germany or Japan. Um, and I ended up in Japan. Uh, so I ended okay. up in Japan for a little bit less than a year and uh, really dove deep okay, there. When 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 was this? How old were you? How old are you now? And and what what was what was the choice? Um, was it to study to go and visit? Like um and uh, yeah. So when was it? Uh, I guess it was two thousand seven. I, I was born in seventy eight. I don't know how old that makes me now. I think I had a birthday recently. I, I lose track. 1978 well, never changes. <laughs> but, uh, okay. <laughs> so you do the math. Yeah, I went because of, um, yeah, I just wanted to, to really dive deep. I, I, I always felt like I, you can't learn about a culture from reading books, you know, or you could only learn so much. And I tell many of my uh, students this even today is I, I, I frequently say, listen, man, if you're going to learn how to swim, don't listen to me tell you how to swim. I'm not going to lecture you about how to swim. Uh, don't read books about swimming. Don't re-watch YouTube videos about swimming. If you want to learn yeah. how to swim, you got to get jump in the pool, man. You got to jump in the water and start kicking. It's, it's very It's very interesting you say that because um you know um you know there, there are many people that follow Buddhism, for instance, mm -hmm. which is uh, ways of Buddha, and they are following. Buddha to become enlightened, right. like Buddha. However, I, I always think, how can you become enlightened if you're following Buddha? 
Buddha only, he only became enlightened because of his own life experiences. So therefore, you cannot, you, can, you cannot become enlightened or discover something through someone else. I mean, you can learn about something through someone else, right. but you can only discover it when you experience it yourself. <laughs> right, right, yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, that's absolutely right. I, I mean, everybody's going to have their own enlightenment. And, I, and, and there was that sort of thing where I was reading all these Buddhist books, uh, and that was part of uh, my Jap Japanese journey, too. I, I dive really deep into Buddhism. And, uh, and of course, it taught me a lot. It taught me a lot. But, of course, um, yeah, it, it's a different sort of lifestyle. And, I, you know, my, my course took me somewhere else. Spiritually now, spiritually now are you, would you say a Buddhist, Christian, um, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I was raised uh, in the Greek Orthodox faith, but I, okay. I don't know where I would be today. I don't know how you would call it today. Um, uh, yeah, there, there's certain when when I teach philosophy of religion, for example, I, I we we really dive deep into what a complicated question that is. What a complicated <laughs> question that is. Um, is there a God? Before we get sidetracked, because uh, you know without that can come first. Um, um, when you got to Japan, what happened? Uh, what was that culture shock? Did you enjoy it? Do you love it? Did you love it? Um, where were you staying? Did you stay with a local family? Did you have friends there? Tell us the story. Where were yeah, you? Yeah, in I, I was outside of in a prefecture called Saitama. It was about an hour train ride into Tokyo. And it's very funny because I, that's a very similar question you asked about going to New York, right? And I, mm. I, my first hunch is, no, I didn't really feel culture shock when I went to New York, but that's not true. And I'll tell you why. Uh, when I came to New York, it was the first time I had lived all by myself. I didn't okay. even have a set, I, I didn't even have a proper uh, accommodation, to be honest with you. And how I survived is, I don't know, by the grace of God or something like that, uh, I got very lucky. And it was a little bit easier moving to Japan because I had a job lined up with for me. And so um, they, they had set up everything for me. Uh, I was an English teacher. Okay, awesome. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And um, so that's high school, business school, um, businesses like, a private, like... School, a, a private school, a private school, okay. private individuals. And um, so that was nice. And just like New York, though, the first, you know, uh, short while, the first short span, of course, I was excited, excited, and my adrenaline was up. And it was just like when I moved to New York, right? My adrenaline was up. But then there is a time when it's like, did, everything seems to be going wrong here. Uh, am I a fish out of water? There's a moment when the, uh, the luster uh, wears off. And, I, and I'm going to bring back the analogy of the lover again. Right. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> the honeymoon period was over exactly. at one point. Exactly. I mean, just like a lover. I, I love how you, you, you went with the lover analogy too. And, yes. um, <laughs> and it really did get me dark and it, very similar to how I moved to New York. However, you asked about the culture shock. I, I do feel like the culture shock was much more dramatic uh, moving to Japan. Um, I didn't know the language. Or, I, or I, was, I, I, was, uh, I knew the language enough to get around, to survive. Um, so that was fortunate enough. But um, very shocking. And, and just different, different little things really stuck out. And here was, I think, um, now that I'm more mature, I said I was born in 78. That puts me somewhere in my 40s. I, 44, okay, so 45, 40. something like that. Yeah, 44. <laughs> okay, cool. And You're a mature much, individual. Right. I, I'm much more mature now, whereas it, I did this. This was in 2007, I believe. 2007 or 2008, I was in Japan. 
And it was so uh, uh, much less mature. So I was looking to be culture shocked. I was looking to be culture shocked. But as I uh, stayed there for a bit longer, and I was talking to a friend that I made there, I said, man, I, I don't know if I could survive here. It's just way too different. And here's how my friend, uh, Tony, actually, an Australian, here's how he put it so perfectly. He said, listen, man, you're from New York. Have you had bad days in New York? Yeah, yeah I, I have. And he goes, haven't some of those bad days lasted like a week? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all that's happening here, man. You're, you're just yeah. having a bad day. In, it just happens to be a bad day in Japan. You know, um, it, don't blame Japan. Right? It, it's not. And don't blame yourself. This is just we have bad days. Um, yeah, you're, they're, they're bad days for different reasons. But I have bad days uh, frequently, even now in my maturity. And this was a bad day. In Japan. In, in, um, in just another place. So, so what caused these dark days? What, what caused you to be, be down? Was, were you missing home? Or was it missing family? I, I guess you could say that. I guess you could say that. There was the, uh, the fish out of water experience too. Things were so radically different. But were they really radically different? You know, I, I felt like in my immaturity, I was looking for things to be different. And I was looking for, you brought up Buddhism a second ago. Um, I, I was really into my Buddhist studies back then. And so I wanted to find every Buddhist teacher I could find while there. And I was walking around asking strangers, basically, hey, tell me about Buddhism. And they're like, the f what the hell are you talking about, man? I got to get to work. <laughs> you know? And it's like, oh, yeah, these are are these people really different from New Yorkers, right? Like, stop bothering me, man. What are you talking about Buddhism for? You know, I, I, I got things to do. Um, and at some point that did dawn on me that I was, it, it was me looking for differences. Um, and you're being like the that. You're being the annoying. Exactly. <laughs> the, the, the ugly American again. That's, that's like, oh, I, I, why don't you do things this way? You know, I, I don't know if you studied. <laughs> exactly. Right, right. I don't know if you studied foreign languages, but sometimes when I work with foreign languages and students, um, they, uh, I, I always ask them, have you ever had this experience? And I remember being a young stupid kid is uh wow this language doesn't make sense why, why does it do that right why, why, yeah. why does the verb conjugate this way that doesn't make sense and it's like but the, what are you talking about shut up <laughs> completely no, but you see here's the thing like um it's only i think just as you said about going to live somewhere when you go and live somewhere then you understand the people there a whole lot more and the same thing is when you when you learn a language learn how the people think Right. So, so I think I think he, you know, definitely. Um, when going through philosophy, um, you're going through Plato, Aristotle, uh, probably reading, uh, you know, your 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 forefathers actually. So, um, <laughs> you know, probably. Yeah. Greek Greek heritage. So, like reading the Odyssey and things like this. Um, you know, uh, for instance, Odysseus. You know, at, at one point, the reason that he that that he lost all his men um, was because after killing the Cyclops, who happened to be the, the son of Poseidon, um, the Cyclops was blinded. He had no idea who who had blinded him. He just knew that he was screwed. Right, right. Odysseus had to scream out from the ship as they were as they were escaping. Right. And just so you know, the one that blinded you was Odysseus. Son of, I can't remember his father's name now. Right, right. And then, then at that point, the Cyclops asked his father Poseidon to curse him. 
And I, and then I, I you know, I, I asked my classics teacher back in the day, why the hell did Odysseus do that? Screw everyone over, you know? Then um, I said, well, look, don't try and, and imprint the values and thinking of today into the past or into a different culture. Um, back then, it, it, was, it was a matter of honor for someone. When you screw someone, when you, when you, de- when you defeat someone, you let them know who did it. Right, right. So, I mean, I, I take that as a, as a little example from your peeps, obviously. So, you were in Japan. You were teaching English. So how did this carry on, proceed to you studying Japanese? Did, did, you, learn the, did you learn hiragana, katakana, and all of this? Did you learn the writing? What happened? Yeah, I, I was certainly studying the language. But uh, mm. I felt an obligation, I suppose, to learn about history, too. And, and that, that kind of, you know, that messes with you to a certain degree, too, right? Because then I, I, I'm reading about samurai history and even ancient Japanese history and things like that. And um, yeah, I knew people. I knew people. Right, right. From from way back. And, you know, there's still a very uh, touchy issue up in Japan, uh, even today. Right. Um, So, Mm. yeah, reading about all these different things. And uh, and then, of course, asking the people, wait, wait, tell me about, uh, you know, this history. And they're like, wait wait a second. Uh, Do you walk up to New Yorkers and ask them, hey, tell me about the Civil War? (laughs) Right. Uh, Of course. Before before we continue, for anyone listening that doesn't know who the I knew people are, um, um, I, I think you can... You can um, develop on this because I'm just going to give a rudimentary idea of why I know the Ainu people are the, um, are the um, let's say, Aboriginal people of Japan. They are the, the initial, initial um, people that lived in Japan. They, they actually are a bit like, uh, from what I've seen, they resemble Australian Aborigines quite a bit. Am I wrong? Am I wrong there? Would I, I, like I, would rev- I would revise some of what you said a, a little bit. They are a native peoples in uh, from oh. the Japanese archipelago. And um, yeah, of course, there, there were many. There were many. And, and I mean, this is the way the ancient and prehistoric world is, is there's always going to be different tribes all over these places. And even in a small set of islands, a small collection of islands, you've got so many diverse. Diversity is the key here. Um, so the, diverse, the, different peoples. The, the, yeah. I knew it just, I knew it just one. The Ainu people would... One amongst many different uh, uh, people. Right, right. Um, and if you want to call them Aboriginal, I, I, I don't know what that means. Um, I, I mean, no, I know what that means. But, I mean, listen, when you get right back to the original people, um, th- there's only one place, and there's somewhere in the center of Africa, I think, that all of us come from. And so are there the native peoples of Europe, even? What are native peoples of Europe, right, that everybody's, you know? And so those Ainu people clearly came from somewhere, but so did the Japanese people. And for better or for worse, as history progressed, um, one kind one kind of Japanese people uh, dominated the archipelago mm-hmm. and uh, subjugated other peoples, um, amongst whom, some of whom are uh, the Ainu people in the north. Um, and, and yeah, they're kind of in the north, what uh, today we call Hokkaido. However, there's other similar problems, even in the far south and west, in the Ryukyu Islands of Japan, where a lot of people want to say, wait a second, we are our own people. We, okay, fine, uh, Japan rules us. We're under this flag, uh, this white flag with the red sun on it. However, uh, we are our own people too. uh, We are the Ryukyu people who might say, um, um, we have, uh, uh, yeah, we want our own respect. I I love that comment right there, right? Um, We do need our own respect. 
that. And, and access, we have our own language. We have our own culture. We have our own practices, right? Um, so yeah, amongst many, and this is where uh, Japanese culture gets interesting when you really study deep into it, is uh, uh, the, the fact that there isn't one. J Japan is a lot more diverse than people might think. Like you think, oh, Japanese people are only Japanese. Right. Um, mm. And America, of course, we don't get this because America is such a, a, you know, there's so many, so much diversity for better or for worse. And there is that, that assumption already or this understanding. Whereas in a place like Japan, and there's a lot of people in Japan still today that will say, I mean, I'm talking hard politics now, so forgive me. Here. But uh, uh, yeah, there are some people that will say, no, there is one Japanese people and one language should be spoken. Right. Um, mm. And we hear these kinds of uh, 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 these kind of discourses all over the place. And you brought up Australia earlier and our friend here, uh, my friend, hey, Cassian, how you doing? Um, has brought up, uh, yeah. it reminds us of um, the Australian issue too, which they're still trying to struggle with this. How do we balance and respect different and uh, competing cultures within what we call borders, I guess, right? And, and by the way, yeah. you were talking about uh, even in the UK, they're still dealing with this, even though everybody's got a uh, skin that's more resembling my skin than yours, uh, more or less the dominant culture, even there, you've got Scottish people who are like, we are Scottish. We want exactly. this. Right? People. Um, we are Irish. Uh, we're not British or something like that, right? Yeah. The strange thing is, you know, obviously, when people, most people think of Japan, you know, you think of a homogeneity. So yeah, right. a people. you wouldn't really think that there are, there are people of many different, um, different cultures and languages. How many different languages are there in Japan? Well, I, I mean, and that's going to be a political question too, right? I, I don't want to get too much into it. But uh, mm. of course, some linguists will uh, try to distinguish between a language and a dialect and, or, and, and then even smaller than the dialect, maybe different accents. Um, yeah, in the UK, there's a lot of different dialects, dialects or and accents accent. or even languages. And, and you know, uh, depending on your politics, you'll say, no, this isn't a dialect. This is a mm. language. Right. Or, or something like that. Um, I, I don't want to get into the beef there, but there are many different people that will. And, and you know, some linguists will come out and try to say, oh, no, this is what a language is. Right. Um, there's only one language and everybody else is, you know, just a spin off of that language. It's like, OK, so, so, I, I, yeah, go ahead. George, um, so, um, so, um, so moving forward, then. Um, so um, did you start to study Japanese? Um, uh, in university, or or what happened there? And where? And where? Didn't ask that question. Listen, don't 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 tell any of my 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 bosses or my supervisors. Uh, I hope nobody uh, important. Uh, yeah, yeah. I hope nobody, none of my bosses are listening to this. But my problem Over. is, uh, I've never taken one course in Japanese anything at university Jeez. or anything. Yeah. So it's just um, sort of self-motivated uh, learning that I really awesome. got into it, yeah. And um, just read stacks of books. I went to the library, mm -hmm. checked out the free library and checked out a lot of books, um, read, studied, analyzed. I, I already had my, um, my reading abilities really and my analytical <laughs> abilities for my philosophical education. And as such, mm -hmm. yeah, I just applied a lot of those techniques to reading oh. Japanese culture, history and so on. So when you talk about your, your um, uh, philosophical education, um, mm -hmm. what, um, expand on that. What's, what's your philosophical education? Uh, so, so I went to, uh, in undergraduate at university, I, went, I studied philosophy. Why? Um, I where where was that? 
uh, in California, in California, at a, a, a local school called California Polytechnic in Pomona and okay. uh, California State Polytechnic. And it was, uh, it was nice. I, I, I don't know what, what drew me to philosophy. I didn't know what philosophy, I'll be honest with you. I didn't know I what like, philosophy was. That Greek blood does us run in three. So, perhaps, Matt, perhaps. And I just said, listen, I want to get into this. Um, I, 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 I'm curious about this. And something drew, drew me in and I stuck with it. So I stuck with philosophy for a long time. And uh, then I went, and my goal was, of course, to be a philosophy professor, just follow all the way through, get uh, my doctorate and all that. Um, then I came to New York finally for graduate school. And I came to mm -hmm. New York, uh, yeah, for graduate school in philosophy. And uh, that was kind of like, like I said, at, in, at university, at uh, undergraduate university, I was like a big fish in a small pond. But then when I went to graduate school, it explain, was... Explain, explain, uh, being, know, being fish, explain being the big fish in a small pond. What, what like do you mean I, by that? There was a handful of us who were really sharp students at our, in my uh, year, in my cohort at university. And uh, we, we were on top of it. We loved it. We really dived deep, dove deep into uh, philosophy. But there was only a handful of us. Um, and so I, I felt like, yeah, we are uh, the philosophers here on campus, so to speak. Um, however, and that, that was just a feeling, by the way. I don't know that, that my, uh, my memories are entirely accurate. But then when I came to graduate school, you know, where, whereas in undergraduate, I felt so, uh, so intelligent, so smart. I was like, oh, man, I, I, I'm amongst the best students here. Then I went to graduate school and boy, oh boy, did they put me in my place <laughs> and said, yeah, you've got a whole nothing lot of education to learn in person, <laughs> you know? Nothing like being humble. Okay, so. Um, exactly. Um, so that was that. So, so, so then, uh, so um, how did this, how did this help you um, when, when it came to um, viewing Japanese culture? And um, do you have any, do you have any favorite um, philosophers or <laughs> yeah. Japanese? <laughs> right. I, I mean, listen, I, I, of course, let me answer the first question. How did it help me? Well, number one, I, I learned how to read, right? I, I learned how to read and it, and it sounds, uh, I guess, a little bit uh, obvious, but I learned how to read carefully and I learned how to read slowly and I really learned how to try to read in between the lines because philosophy is hard reading, man. Philosophy is hard. It's uh, some of it got complicated. And that's why, like I said, I, I felt I was humbled <laughs> right, in graduate school because some of that stuff uh, was just beyond me. And um, so that's w w when I did decide to go back uh, into Japanese studies or really focus on Japanese studies. By the way, the reason I was in philosophy anyways was for all the big questions. You mentioned Aristotle and Plato a moment ago. And those were the questions I was more concerned with in philosophy was, wait, what's the meaning of life? How do you live a good life? You know, um, what what is this all about? Um, where I mean, in graduate what, what, school. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Go on. What are your so? What are your thoughts on that? Like, um, you know, okay. I, I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, sometimes I wake up in the morning, look at my hand, look around me, and I'm like, what the hell is this? Why is this? Why am I here? What is this? What's going on? Look outside, and there are all these you know, cars, sky, and you're like, just like, um, why? Yeah. And then one thing that one thing I really got is that you know I'd look at you know I'd look at a car, I'd look at a plane, I'd look at a desk, I look at a building, and I realized that wait, so everything I'm seeing here 
was at one point the dream of someone. So everything, everything, everything here is something that's, that human beings have taken from the spiritual realm and brought it into the physical realm, which is crazy. So then I realized there's actually nothing that a human being can dream that can't be made into reality, which yeah, is right, right. Not exactly, are we? <laughs> I, 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 you know, so exactly everything you just said. That that those are the kinds of thoughts. Those are the kinds of insights. Those are the kinds of uh, examinations that I wanted to focus on in philosophy. But in graduate school, it was more about you know how do we uh, break up sentences. Um, it was almost like a, a basic grammar, but taken to the uh, a terribly high degree. And what is the meaning of a word and things like that, which is, by the way, very important. But it got me to the point where I was, um, it was far too, ta- it, it was resembling physics. It was resembling <sighs> physics or the hard sciences a lot more than it was for me resembling the questions that you, you just asked. Right. And, and, the, okay. and the insights that you were expressing. And so that did, unfortunately, for better or for worse, it took me away from philosophy. And I said, wait, I need to get into the spiritual aspects. And of course, that's when I started my Buddhist studies. And of course, that took me into Japanese studies and things like that. And, and just kind of because there was something on the surface of Zen Buddhism, whatever that is, um, that, attra- that that drew me in. And so I said, wait, I, w- I want to get into this. I want to read those sorts of things. And, and, and yeah, realize my life and, and where is my place in this garden that we're calling uh, life, right? That, that, that Cassie mentions right there. Because yeah. that, those questions weren't being examined where I was studying philosophy in graduate school, where it was becoming a much more technical, much more analytic. Uh, I don't want to say there, there's a problem with technicality. I don't think there's a problem with over analyzing things. But I do, it wasn't the questions that I was interested in, <laughs> right? And so it drew me away and they kind of pushed me away. And that really took me into Japanese studies. Um, and you see, you said you grew up in, in the Greek Orthodox Church, you know. Um, <laughs> Here and there, technically, technically, but yeah. <laughs> so did you, not, did you not find any of these, um, these answers uh, at all answered there within Orthodox Catholic Church. I don't, or, not for me at least. Um, again, there was the technicality. There was the technicality of it. And of course, my family wasn't terribly uh, religious. I was baptized technically. And we went to church on some of the holiest days, every other Easter maybe, every other Christmas. And then it sort of faded off, of course. So my faith uh, dropped off. But the reason I wasn't drawn back to uh, my classical or my traditional religions is because my experience with those religions was just going to church on Sundays and reading through the same liturgy every Sunday. And I'm like, well, wait a second. And by the way, now I recognize the importance of that. But as yeah, the rest- who, right. Yeah. But as somebody who had the questions, I was like, wait a second. Why, I, I, these aren't the questions. And, and memorizing the Lord's Prayer and memorizing the Nicene Creed, it wasn't exactly. doing it for me. I was like, okay, I get it more and every sunday wasn't answering those questions for better or for worse or maybe i was too dense to answer uh, to realize how they were being answered so it drew me into other things like uh, for example yeah 
I mean, um, I mean, uh, you're, you're being a bit harsh on yourself when you think dance. You know, Christianity, <laughs> and you know, just going through the motions, basically. Don't really right, know right. why we're doing like you know why we're going to church and you know it's one thing one thing that brought me back actually to this Catholicism to look at it differently is when I realized that you know it's an Eastern religion it's not from the West Christianity is an Eastern yeah, religion right 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 not the mysticism I, I realized that a lot of the mysticism yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. right but then um but then Buddhism Taoism, or any of these, all the any of these, or Hinduism, even right, right. not this is actually within Christianity as well. I mean, right, right, um, right. Yeah, I mean, especially when you look at things like the Rosary, for instance, in Catholicism, yeah, 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 which are yeah. it, Buddhists have prayed, Muslims have prayed, Jews have prayed, Hindus have prayed, you know, and then um, you know, um, also the you know when the the priest is going down down the middle down the altar. And he's shaking that metal thing. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. The incense coming up. That's yeah, incense. Yeah. It's purified the air spiritually, which you find once again in Buddhism. You find it once again in Hinduism. You find it once again in Judaism. You find it once again in, in, uh, in um, Islam as well. Yeah, yeah. And um, so there's so many things joining yeah. all of these things. Um, um, so I think you know, faiths, all these religions are a bit like um, different languages to explain the divine. That's why. Yeah, I, I think you're you're right on there. And well, I mean, the reason I called myself dense before is because I didn't recognize that, and I didn't yeah. recognize the because it was too um, ordinary for me, or something, or something like that. I didn't recognize the mysticism that was exactly right in front same. of me. Right? Yeah, exactly. exactly. Whereas if exactly. you package it as Zen Buddhism from Japan. It seems like yes. something exotic, something mystical or, or something like that. So, and, and that's what I needed. Whereas exactly right now, I'm, uh, like I said, mature enough that I could recognize all of these different things. And, and yeah, exactly. There are all of these different uh, multiplicities that are coming from everywhere. Um, yeah, Christianity is such a diverse religion too. And, and not only Christianity, but all these religions are so diverse and influenced from everywhere. It, it, you were very wise to mention how, uh, uh, or to recognize, to remind us that Christianity, oh, where did my earphones fell out? <laughs> one second. Um, one of the, uh, uh, all of these religions have been uh, influenced through history from so many diverse uh, uh, places, you know, and I, I don't think there is anything unreasonable about saying, wait, that makes sense to me and picking and mixing what you like. I think that makes all the sense in the world, as a matter of fact, um, so, uh, re responding to Caspian's point right there, because it is, just like that, you know? Um, hey, wait a second. That part I like. Um, I'm not sure about that because aren't we all trying to figure it out, <laughs> right? Uh, we're all trying to uh, uh, figure out this weird thing, this weird thing that we're dealing with here, right? But, but okay, so, um, so how did this, uh, when did the music come into play and the, and the movie making come into play? Well, yeah. yeah. Okay, obviously, um, uh, before we get on to, to all of that, actually, like, please, please. when um, when you went to Japan, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, did you did you uh, have any really good experiences with any of the of the local people? Um, did you um, or or, or did you find yourself? 
did you find yourself more looking from the outside in? Because right. I mean, in, in a few months, I think in about six months, I guess, I guess that's, that is not enough time to really, to really dive in and become part of, part of the local culture. No, you're absolutely right. It wasn't enough time. It, it wasn't enough time. I wish I could uh, still be there. And by the way, my, my initial plan was to be there for a few years. But, you know, uh, through a confluence of events, I uh, had to return to America uh, for better or for worse, but here I am today, right? And I have been back since. Um, talking about one of those great experiences, one thing that I like about New York, and, and not just New York, but cities in general, um, is people, is people. And, and I didn't really get people when I lived in Los Angeles because I lived in the suburbs and it was a very car-centric culture, right? Uh, if you want people, you got to go to bars or something like that or to church, right? Um, which I wasn't doing much of. So I just liked very much of my practice, my, my practice in New York or in Japan was just sitting in a park and watching people and, and waiting for people. And so many times here in New York and in, in Tokyo, Japan, I had the experience where somebody would just come up and sit next to me and we just start talking and we just start talking about things. I, you know, a mix of uh, whatever uh, mongrel languages we could figure out. But yeah, and that's what's amazing to me is that people want to communicate. And even though I, my Japanese wasn't up to par, even though their English wasn't up to par, we communicated just fine, man. We communicated just fine. There's more than just what comes out of here that involves yeah. communication, right? And uh, yeah, so, so you're talking about one of those lovely examples, uh, one of those uh, experiences that's so dear to me was just talking, I was walking through a park and uh, like, a, like a, you know, ugly tourist snapping pictures and so, some guy just starts talking to me about things. Now you'll forgive me because I'm a little bit uh, hardened by New York. So I was like, well, is this guy gonna, <laughs> I'm looking around going, is he trying to pull one on me? But uh, you know, yeah. after uh, we're talking for a bit, I, I realized this was a good experience and we're just talking, man. We're just talking. Uh, another but experience. Uh, it, well, what it really, uh, uh, I, I forget now. Uh, it, it's so funny. I've had people tell me, uh, students, who say, George, I'll tell you what. I like you. Uh, I loved your class. But I'll tell you what. I'm not going to remember anything from your class. I'm like, oh, well, <laughs> that doesn't make me feel good. But then what, they, what, this, what this girl said, she goes, but I'm going to remember the feeling. The feeling. You know, I'm going to remember the feeling that you helped, that you gave in us when you were teaching the class, when we were in class with you. I'm not going to remember the details of Plato and Aristotle. Yeah. I'm like, come on, man. I thought that was the point. But there's yeah, nothing to awesome. say, no, it is about the feeling. And, and to me, that was way more important about what this, I totally am all on board with what that uh, student told me. And now I'm expressing that point regarding talking to this gentleman in the park. Another experience was, um, you know, I walked into a guitar store one day in, uh, a, in Tokyo and, uh, yeah, because I was like, guitar store, this is awesome. I, I, I got to go into the guitar store. And it was a, a, what you might call like a boutique guitar store. And then here I am looking like a, a, a stupid kid and going, wait, I want to try that guitar. And it was one of the expensive ones, of course. And uh, then the guy's like, ah, come on, man. <laughs> you know, uh, what, we're not going to let you play the expensive stuff. You're just some dingbat who just wandered in the store. I said, okay, I totally understand. Let me play one of these little things then. Uh, one of the cheaper things and I'm playing and then the guy goes oh wow that's great you, you, you know and we're talking we're talking about music through music right and okay. then he said by the way 
here, let me, wh which one of those expensive guitars did you want to play now? And he pulls down the guitar and lets me play uh, one of the nice guitars. And I was like, oh, thanks so much. And uh, we're talking about music, or excuse me, we're communicating about music through music. And, and you know, you, you uh, were asking me a second ago, wait, wait, let's talk about music and, and filmmaking. Oh no, before we move on, let's talk about uh, your experience in Japan or good experiences, but that's Exactly. Everything's melding together so beautifully because isn't that what life is? It, it, it's so common. Uh, and I see a lot of people um, amongst my colleagues, amongst my friends who want to compartmentalize. Oh, you are a, a, a philosophy professor. Why, why do you present yourself as a, as a filmmaker and as a musician and as a this or as an artist or as an animator? And I'm like, wait a second, man, this is this thing. This is what this, is this thing does. Yeah, this thing yeah. called George. I am, I don't want to compartmentalize. And there is, I think, a certain aspect of uh, our culture that wants to say, wait, you can only be one thing or you can only be an expert in one thing. And, I, and I'm engaging with a lot of artists, actually, who uh, have this experience with me. Because I'll, I'll tell you right now, man, I'll, I'll tell you right now, I'm not the best musician there is. I, far from it. <laughs> Far from it. I'm not the best filmmaker there is. I'm not the best philosopher there is. I'm not the best Japanese guy there is. However, yes. um, how do I wrestle with that? And sometimes I do wrestle with that. And I look around my colleagues and I say, wow, you guys are so much brighter and so much uh, more insightful when it comes to philosophy than I. However, here's what I do bring to the table is I am able to bring in all these diverse experiences, music, Bring in music to philosophy, bring in uh, filmmaking to philosophy, bring in music to Japanese culture. And I'm able to connect all these things that a lot of these experts, they wouldn't make those connections, you know, and they wouldn't say, oh, wow, uh, how does how do we understand, uh, for example, music has equal temperament. Western music, we have 12 tone equal temperament. What does that mean about philosophy, uh, uh, the philosophy of, uh, you know, metaphysics about reality? And I'll bring in these examples and they go, wow, you know something about music that, you know, by the way, there are philosophers. Consider it from a different. Exactly. But I'm just bringing yeah. in a different example, just like you're bringing in the Odyssey and Odysseus, just like you're bringing in Homer, just like you're bringing in the uh, uh, Londoner experience to Edinburgh. And it's, there is, there is uh, uh, an opportunity for the diverse perspectives to come together to create something and I, my hunch is the music I make is only because of my experiences with Japan, is only because of my experiences with philosophy and only because of my experiences with filmmaking too, that I'm able to see all these different things in a way that this thing called George um, can do it. And that's what I bring to the table for better or I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, it's tell the truth. I mean, it's, I mean, look, look around at life in general and everything. Everything is maths. Everything is physics. Everything is art. Everything is, everything is, is different frequencies. I mean, for instance, um, uh, one example is, uh, I'm sorry to give when I saw, the, when I went to Egypt and I saw the pyramids and I was just absolutely these things. Yeah. I could not believe what I was saying because this, in one, in just just these structures, you had perfect, perfect um, astronomy. You had physics. You had mathematics. You had architecture. 
Yeah, you have uh, art, you have um, uh, and uh, and they all come together yeah. in yeah. one structure. Yeah. You're able to view it together as one structure. Maybe there's a different way of people learning. I mean, um, who was that famous Italian um, Italian uh, uh, inventor? Not Vincent. Was it Van Gogh? No, Van Gogh. Uh, da Vinci, maybe. I don't know. Da Vinci was a painter she, and all sorts of things. Yeah, yeah. Da Vinci. Da Vinci. Da Vinci was was a classical Renaissance man. He mixed everything. Right. He had this thing. I think they called it. Uh, he called curiosity. Well, which curiosity? <laughs> Right. He would um, train each one of his senses to the max. So, I mean, um, his, uh, his his drawings of birds, for instance, in mid-flight. Who can do that? Yeah. It's just that he would sit there and stare and stare and stare right. until he was able to catch to catch a bird in mid-flight and able to draw that. He would sit down in silence for hours until he could hear his own heartbeat. And then in out, he closed his eyes, sit down until he could hear his own heartbeat, and then to be able to pick out sounds and sounds. That's how he became a musician as well. Um, <laughs> so it's, 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 um, I, think, I think there's a certain loss that we have in the modern day where we section things off, where we can come production line yeah. <laughs> rather right. than than a, than a multifaceted beings that we are, you know. So, yeah, right, right. Sorry, I can't say it. I'm completely, completely agree. So, yeah, it's it's something. Right now, where are you um, where are you lecturing? Who are your students? Where do you lecture? So here in New York City, I teach with the City University of New York at uh, LaGuardia Community College and other uh, colleges. Sometimes I'm at Baruch College. Sometimes I'm at a uh, Borough of Manhattan College and also Toro College <clears throat> uh, throughout New York City. Uh, Toro College is separate from uh, the rest of the city, University of New York. It's a private school. However, yeah, I, I teach at, at, at many different places. And at every, by the way, talking about that multifaceted aspect, at almost every school, I teach different things. At some schools, I teach Japanese culture. At, uh, at some schools, I teach something called critical thinking. At other schools, I teach pedagogy. At other schools, I teach philosophy. And so it's, uh, yeah, it, it's, I, I feel like despite the fact that, yeah, like you said, I, I don't have, or yeah, that, that one area of expertise, it's this sort of broad, this broad uh, various perspectives that I bring that has allowed me to uh, actually thrive in this uh, environment where, uh, uh, yeah, I'm able to teach at many different schools, many different subjects. Um, not many, not many, but you know, I, I can teach uh, different things. So yeah, and my students, um, because uh, especially at LaGuardia Community College, where, where it's basically my home base, um, it's a very diverse campus. It's uh, uh, many immigrant students, many uh, inner city students, many uh, uh, students who are uh, not especially wealthy, you know, um, but so there's a more uh, diverse inner city experience there. And, and one thing that I reflect upon actually because uh, before I was there, I, I taught in the primary schools also here in New York City. And I've always taught in the sort of uh, very urban, what in America we call, I, I don't know how they call it in the UK, 
but uh, here we call it inner city environments, which is, you know, the more very urban, very... Uh, yeah. uh, we call it the inner city urban environment. Urban environment. Yeah, yeah, we, we have to... Basically, for us, it's a council estates, council flats. You know, we have these high-rise council council flats with all these contents. Yeah, you know, right. you know, I even grew up in those areas myself. Um, but um, a story for another day, George. But but but, but that's exactly yeah. it. Yeah. So, so I get. I most of my students are from places similar to that. It seems to me you, uh, the way you described it. Do you find it challenging? Do you find no. the teaching? No, I, I mean, I guess there, there's something about me that, um, yeah, I, I just, uh, I, I don't want to say I'm natural at it because I, I wasn't. Uh, it was, uh, it was a long sort of journey, but I am uh, well. I, I do believe uh, in my practice. I do believe in uh, uh, what I do now, uh, and I have a lot of faith in how I do things. What I find fascinating, though, is you know, especially for something like philosophy. You know, I, I yeah. teach a lot of philosophy classes and Japanese literature, right? Now, Japanese literature seems like it would have a built-in base, right? Like, exactly like you and I were speaking at the beginning of our discussion uh, this, this afternoon, this morning, is, yeah, you, you'd seem, you would assume that people want to learn about anime and uh, uh, the uh, manga and comics and popular Japanese culture. But rather, many of our students that, that, I, uh, uh, that my school uh, enrolls, are much more interested in going to university to get a job, right? And to get themselves uh, uh, further financially and get uh, increase their earning potentials in the future, which I cannot fault that, of course. I mean, that, that's, yeah, how can you fault that? Of course, that's a great uh, a goal to have. However, right, right. However, one thing that intrigued me that you mentioned a moment ago is that you yourself have that classics education. And that's not terribly uh, popular, in America at least, amongst people who want to go to school to further their uh, financial earning pot potential, right? I I'm not sure that – and by the way, I, you know, so I'm in a department, in my philosophy department. They do tell us, hey, George, sell the philosophy department. Tell them that they can get any job. You tell them how this will improve their earning potential, and you'll forgive me. But sometimes, again, I hope my bosses aren't listening, but sometimes I, I, I say, listen, man, I, I, that's not why I'm teaching these classes. I, I'm sorry I can't go that far with you. Uh, I'm teaching these classes because of all those big questions that you and I have been talking about over the last hour it's, or so. Basically, I mean, you're giving them tools in order to think for themselves. Right. right not right. supposed to, you know, you know it's all put here with certain tools and You'll learn along the way, but it's it's up to us how we put, how we put this into action. You know, we, we we you know just just like a parent, a parent can't be coddling a child all the way up until right. sixty. Right, you know, right. One of my I friends described it. Yeah, one of my friends described it as a bow. You pull the bow back. You know, you're filling it with all this potential, and then you just let the bow go. You know, some of them hit some of them hit the bullseye, some of them don't. Some of them drop off in the way, but that's that's just life, you know. So that's part of life, yeah. Yeah. So you can't promise every arrow that they're going to hit the target. <laughs> right. Right. Tell me about it. That said, yeah. you asked me about the students, and so you might well, assume, given everything that I've said, that uh, students might not like talking about what is the reality of the table in front of you in a philosophy class. Yeah. However, that's not my experience. 
That's not my experience. My experience is that most people are like you and me. What do I mean? Most people want to talk about these big questions. Most people, yeah. and I gave, I, I love that you gave that example about how you wake up in the morning and you're looking outside and, and asking these questions because this is just my hunch, by the way, because you're now saying it and I experience that all the time. And I share that experience with my students. I say, I'm sorry, but every now and again, I wake up in the middle of the night and I stare at the ceiling in the dark and say, what's going on? Yep. What's going on? And many of the students go, me too. Many of my <laughs> students say, I do that too. So yeah, philosophy, it seems to me, is just a natural, uh, and asking philosophical questions and engaging with philosophical, engaging with the world in a philosophical way to figure out your purpose is a natural human condition. And you, we could talk about Japan, we could talk about China, we could talk about you know all these different places around the world, but it seems to me that all human beings are trying to answer these big questions. Now, they might answer these questions differently, of course, but aren't we all interested in these questions? And that's what I think philosophy does very nicely, is at least let's answer these questions and let's analyze how different people around the world have, and through history, have tried to address these questions. Why do I get out of bed in the morning, man? You know, why are you here? You know, because so many of my students, oh, listen, um, you know, I don't want to get into too much uh, morality or politics, but some, a lot of my students will assume, oh, morality is whatever you think. Just uh, everybody's got their own morality. I, and I say, fine, fine. But yeah. you need to come up with your own morality. You need to come up with your own reason. Why did you get out of bed in the morning? Why did you get out of bed this morning, man? Because that's sometimes one of the hardest questions to ask, man. <laughs> And, and so how would you answer that for you? What gets you out of Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Um, yeah, my, my own path has been very weird. Um, and my own uh, way to address that question has been very, you know, uh, winding, turning uh, paths that, you know, you take one fork of the, in, of the road instead of this fork in the road. Um, and listen, I, of course, I deal with bad days and sometimes bad weeks and sometimes bad months. Right. Um, a couple of years ago, and maybe it was because of the pandemic. Listen, I don't know. But um, uh, yeah, at the beginning of the pandemic, um, by coincidence, I, I, so that's me being a philosopher. I'm not sure about the cause effect relationship sometimes. But at the beginning of the pandemic started this really downward spiral for me. And I got really dark. And how am I out of that darkness right now? And it is just about, well, wait a second, man. I'm not sure the answers to all these questions. But I need to give myself goals. I need to give myself purpose. And, you know, one of these purposes right now over the last couple of years is actually this movie right here, uh, Totem Chaser. And I, and it, it, it sounds like, you know, absolutely. But it, it seems like, a well, listen, that seems selfish to you, right? But here's what I love about filmmaking. Filmmaking is about, you'll see a lot of different people on that poster. Filmmaking is about working with people, man. And having a lot of the goals that engage with people and engage with the community and work with the community. And by the way, there's a lot of people that worked on this movie that you don't see on the poster because they were behind the scenes and just what's working with people. What's Totem Chaser about? Um, well, listen, Totem Chaser, uh, I, I tapped into some of these childhood uh, uh, 
these childhood uh, enamorations that I have with just haunted ghosts, haunted houses, um, um, yeah, searching for ghosts, things like that. Okay. It is primarily about uh, uh, ultimately these guys who are chasing for a totem, looking for a magical totem and what it means and where that path takes them, of course, into mystical and spiritual places. But despite the fact that I went into it with a lot of uh, my childhood uh, eyes and my childhood emotions, you know, because of my maturity, I did ask some, I tried to impart some of these uh, deeper philosophical questions. What is the meaning of life? How much control do we have over life? Um, um, what is my place amongst the community? right? Yeah. Uh, there are so many of those questions that uh, I'm interested in. What is my place? How do I deal with people in the community? How do I treat people next to me? Right? Um, can I treat them as, can I use people? Right? So we, we're, I try to ask a lot of these moral questions too in the movie. So yeah, it, it's, it's a lot of that um, within, of course, um, a story about somebody who uh, is chasing this spiritual goal that he has and all the dark places that uh, that spiritual takes search might take us. Yeah, exactly. And um, I, I, it relates to me, at least, um, is okay. looking for it's purpose per and where you're getting us. Okay, so personal story that you that you yeah, that you that you made into a uh, into a into a, uh, into a work of fiction, basically. Right. You you can okay. say that. You can say that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So, George, George, sadly, because I need to jump on a flight in, in a little while, I'm going to have to go. Yes. This will not be Wonderful. the fastest that we have because um, we, we, we barely scratch the surface here. Um, but it's been very nice to meet you. Um, I'm going to definitely cut this video up and make it you know, a bit more presentable. <laughs> but this was very nice to talk to you, very nice to meet you. Uh, well, hopefully to meet you soon in, a, in New York someday. I need to come down and visit with the lady. Um, and, um, and, uh, well, well, um, do you want to say anything to the, to the, the viewership? Um, how I'm can they grateful. find you? Yeah. Yeah. You can find me of course on Instagram, George dot Therese dot. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's dot, isn't it? Yes. I think I've got the dot in there right now. Um, yeah, I, find the good doctors, uh, Instagram and, and follow me there. Um, I, I explore a lot of things. I've seen so many people. Uh, that uh, so many of my friends, my dear friends, uh, showed yeah. up this morning, and I'm so grateful. I didn't say hi to everybody, but I saw you. I promise I saw you. I can't run off all the names right now. Uh, I tried to wave uh, when I could. So thank you People as well. so much. Yeah. Thank yeah. you, of course, for having me tonight uh, and this afternoon, rather. It was a pleasure. I loved it. Um, I had a blast, and I'm looking forward to next time. Yeah, and, and to tell the truth, next time we can make it a little bit longer. You know, I think... I the I'll structure out a little bit more and we'll make it a little bit longer and, um, and uh, dive a bit more into, into the movies, into Japan a little bit more and, and into the philosophy. Because George has a whole host of philosophy videos as well. Oh, right, right. <laughs> and, um, okay, so George, we will talk soon. Very nice talking to you. This is Ison, Individual State of Mind, um, Scrolls, the first first episode. George thought this was my, so, is it Soros or Soros? Uh, you can say it however you like But hey, yeah. you know, I, I've heard so many things through the years, so I'm rather comfortable without saying my name. <laughs>
Awesome, George. Great talking to you. Okay, everyone. Thank you so much. Yep, yeah, my new friend will will will, will, will continue this, this uh, continue these discussions maybe off camera a little bit, and then we can uh, uh, reconvene. We can be in a, a later date. It was a pleasure. Thanks so yeah. much. Okay, nice meeting you. Guys. See you. <laughs> See you. Bye bye.